Looking back on the week of December 12th, I'm Andy Valver, and this is the Continental Drift. Lots of stuff going on, but without a doubt, the big question is, will Putin invade Ukraine? The U.S. intel community seems to think so. I mean, they can see that Putin has moved 175,000 troops and armor to Ukraine's eastern border. But why? Why does Putin want to take on a monumental headache? Well, let's see. The Russian economy is in the toilet. COVID is killing Russians daily. So what does any dictator do to distract from troubles at home? You create trouble elsewhere, of course. And what do world leaders do when faced with a battle of egos? They summit. Oh, yeah. The big Zoom summit with Biden and Putin went down earlier this week. Kind of like global Zoom. Or to be more accurate, who's Zooming who? They met, they chatted, and then everyone put their own spin on the event. It would have been great to be a fly on the wall. I mean, what do you say to Putin? Hey, Vlad, uh, we know you have troops on Ukraine's border. We can see them with our satellites. You're not fooling anybody. What are your plans? A little sneaky attack on Christmas Eve when NATO is drinking eggnog? And how does Putin respond? Oh, they are just troop maneuvers. You know, got to keep the men in shape. Right. You think the West is buying any of this? Of course not. Do you think Putin cares what the West thinks? Nope. And there you go. A battle of egos, and ultimately, it's ordinary citizens who pay the price. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, there were demonstrations all over the EU this last week by people fighting for the right to die. No. Hold on. No, they were demonstrating against COVID restrictions. Well, so in essence, I was right. They are demonstrating for the right to die. Nice. Comrade Lukashenko of Belarus, you know, Europe's last dictator, is threatening to retaliate against EU sanctions. You know, the sanctions the EU put on him when he diverted a Ryanair flight so that he could arrest a blogger. Really? You diverted an airplane to get a blogger? That's like using a flamethrower to light a cigarette. And this week, a Polish investigation into the diverting incident decided that it can be qualified as an act of state terrorism. How do you like them apples, Lukashenko? Earlier this week, the leaders of European nationalists said that they would align their votes in the EU Parliament on issues like migration and sovereignty, which is a fancy way of saying, we're going to work together to keep migrants out of the EU, unless they happen to be the right color, and, while we'll ignore EU laws, we'll continue to take EU money. Nice folks, like France's Marine Le Pen, Hungary's Viktor Orban, Poland's Jaroslav Kaczynski, and Italy's Matteo Salvini. In France, far-right presidential candidate Eric Zemmour, and we are talking really far-right, so far-right that he makes Marine Le Pen look like a bleeding-heart pro-migration liberal. Zemmour is so far-right, he has repeated convictions for hate speech. Anyway, he held his first campaign rally north of Paris, and surprise, surprise, fights broke out. It seems a group of anti-fascist folks were there to protest and got beaten up by Zemmour's supporters. Nice. At the rally, folks waved the French flag and booed reporters from a French television show covering politics. Sound familiar? Apparently the U.S. is not the only country with dangerous nutjobs. The Germans swore in a new chancellor on Wednesday. His name is Olaf Schmitz. And no, you've never heard of him. And yes, he has a hard act to follow. Angela Merkel. 
You know what it's like to try to follow Angela Merkel? Imagine you're a comic waiting to go on stage, except on stage right now is Robin Williams, and he's killing. Good luck. Somehow, though, the Germans did announce a new coalition government. It's a mix of the Social Democrats, Free Democrats, and the Greens. Three different political parties, they all decided to work together for the benefit of the country. I know, it's mind-boggling. Who does that? And it gets better. One of their first cabinet positions filled was the health minister. And this is where it gets really wacky. They filled the position with a health professional, an epidemiologist, a doctor. That's how wacky they are. They picked the right person for the job. His name is Karl Lauterbach, and he's the new health minister. He has two doctorates, is a professor, has taught at Harvard, and he is strict about COVID. How strict? He makes Dr. Fauci look like a COVID denier. Germany knows how to get things done. They are no-nonsense. They don't mess around. And that's why everyone wants a Mercedes. In a bit of good news, the French Senate has voted overwhelmingly in favor of a ban on what is known as LGBT conversion therapy. You know, that's when you think you can turn a person who's gay straight. Now, if they could only vote in favor of a therapy that would convert homophobes to kind, accepting human beings. Also in France, President Emmanuel Macron spoke to the EU and, by proxy, to the nation. For those of you who don't know, France is taking over the presidency of the European Union. If you're not familiar with this, very simply, the presidency of the European Union rotates among 28 member states every six months. Starting January 2022, France will hold the seat for six months. I know, you're thinking, how can you get anything done in six months? But what you should be thinking about is the six-month term is good because it is so hard to corrupt anyone in such a short period of time. And that's why the EU works. Anyway, Macron talked about what he wanted to accomplish, and he listed a bunch of things, but a few that stood out were stronger Schengen borders. Actually, this one was actually aimed at French citizens because he has an election coming up in the spring, and he wants to be seen as tough on illegal immigration. He emphasized climate change, which is good although I have no idea how they're going to keep Venice from disappearing into the sea. And he really emphasized turning Europe into a digital power, which is fine. But I wish he'd start with the small stuff. Like, there's a dead spot just over the hill from my place where I have no cell phone reception. Fix that, and then turn Europe into a digital power. A few other tidbits. Romano Prodi, the former Prime Minister of Italy, who was one of the founders of the European Union, gave an interview to Euronews this week, and he had a great quote. European history is messed up, but it is exciting. Truer words have never been spoken. Turkish President Erdogan said, with a straight face, that social media was the greatest threat to democracy. And to that end, he wants to pass legislation that would make it a crime to spread disinformation and fake news online. And who defines what is fake news? If you said Erdogan, you go to the head of the class. And finally, oh, the Catholic Church is at it again. There is an uproar in Italy because a bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Noto in Sicily said that Santa Claus doesn't exist. Parents were furious. Of course, the diocese apologized, but the damage was done. Meanwhile, the mafia is alive and well in that part of the world, but you go ahead and go after Santa Claus. That's it for the week. I'm Andy Valver. I'll see you next week.
on the continental drift.